Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Friends, welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast. My name is Kate Warman, and I just want to take a quick second to say you are amazing. Seriously, you are. It is such a treat for me to do this podcast. I love it so much. And y'all know we actually just celebrated our one year anniversary. Oh my gosh, it's true and it is wild. So much has changed within this last year. I can't even believe it. We have launched 48 episodes. We have over a quarter million downloads. We have spoken to some of the most incredible speakers, authors, pastors, podcasters, and people with incredible stories. Also personally for me, Heart of Dating has grown from just a podcast to so much more. I am now a full-time relationship coach. I do speaking on the topic of Christian dating. I run online courses. We host quarterly events. And y'all, this is just within this last year. It is only the beginning. Now, that being said, I owe you a huge thank you as we celebrate this giant marker in the history of this podcast, because we would not be here without you guys. All right. To give you a little more of a recap, in case you want to get involved with some of the things we are offering, I personally offer one-on-one relationship coaching. I just want to say that again. So if you are interested in signing up, you can go to heartofdating.com forward slash coaching, and you can sign up for a free 15-minute coaching session where we get to meet virtually face-to-face and talk about some of your dating life needs, as well as what it looks like to do coaching with me. Also, if you want to hire me to come and speak at your church, your event, your group, or your conference, anything like that, I would love to hear more about it. You can fill out an interest form to have me come and speak online at heartofdating.com forward slash speaking. Okay, lastly, get excited because another Heart of Dating soiree is coming your way and details are going to be launched really, really shortly. I know you guys are going to love it. It's going to be a night of entertainment and just a really fun and cool place to meet other Christian singles. Not awkward. I promise. It's just, I'm so excited. So I can't wait to share more with you soon. All right. That is it for announcements for now. Now I want to dive into this epic episode for today. So I had the pleasure of sitting down with Audrey and Jeremy Roloff, who are just one of my favorite couples. I was pumped to have them on to talk about their story, their incredible dating advice, and share about their brand new book, A Love Letter Life. Let me tell you just a bit about them. So Jeremy Roloff actually grew up filming for the reality TV show, Little People, Big World, which has been going since he was 12 years old. Wow. He is also a photographer. He does so many things and just an awesome dude overall. Audrey is a blogger who writes about faith, life, marriage, and motherhood. And she's also the founder of the Always More clothing line. Together, Audrey and Jeremy are the co-founders of Beating 50%, a ministry on mission to revive covenant marriages. They also co-host the top-rated behind-the-scenes podcast and are parents to their adorable baby girl, Ember. The most exciting thing is that Audrey and Jeremy are now launching their first book, A Love Letter Life, available April 2nd. And you guys, I had so much fun reading it, and I know you will too, so go grab yours now. All right, so today we talk about a ton of things, but mainly we discuss what it means to live a love letter life and how to pursue creatively, date intentionally, and love faithfully. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Audrey and Jeremy Roloff. 
Audrey and Jeremy. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, hey thanks, thanks for having, for having us. us. Yeah, yeah. stoked to be here. So excited to have you guys on. And you know what? You guys are up to so much these days. And on top of all of the things you already do, which you guys do a lot, you also just launched a book called A Love Letter Life, which is Oh my goodness, yeah. it's so phenomenal, you guys. So tell us about what's going on in your world. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah, so the book is obviously like the the big thing, the heavy hitter right now. Um, we're so excited about it. It's been such a fun process to write our first book and do it together, share that experience. It's been yeah. amazing. Relive our love story a little bit, yeah. which has been super fun. And then on top of that, um, just being able to work together and continue scratching our entrepreneurial niche and all the things that we're doing online and yeah. um, all that. So yeah, it's Exploring been... the wild, wild west of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's a kind of wild out there. You guys do such a phenomenal job of that too. It must've been fun writing a book together. What was that process kind of like jointly yeah. writing a book? <laughs> totally. Well, we actually, we dream, we've dreamed for quite a while about writing a uh, we didn't know if it'd be a book or not. We knew we wanted to write a book one day, but just mm -hmm. recording our love story in some way. And yeah. I think writing a book about it came a little quicker than we thought, but you know, we're not complaining at all, <laughs> but it, it was definitely a little bit more difficult than we had expected yeah. because we, a, we, we did actually write the book ourselves yep. and B it's so, pretty much 50, 50. Yeah. So it, um, you know, me writing something about the same story than Audrey writing something. We then had to like read each other's sections. Yeah. Like, right. Well, make th sure like this doesn't make sense. So like it really slowed us down quite a bit. But, yeah. Because everyone sure knows it. Like, there's always yeah. two different versions of a love story, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> and whenever someone asks you like, how'd you meet? Blah, blah, blah. There's always my version and Jared's version. Yes. <laughs> just, just I love. That's just a truism of love stories. Totally. And it was so, kind it, of the fun, fun part of it. That's so yes. cool. Okay. And something I love, love, love about just the book is also the tagline, which says mm. to pursue creatively, date intentionally, yes, and love mm. faithfully. Yeah. And I'd actually even just love to start our conversation breaking that down a little. Um, yeah. Because I think those three things in, its, in and of itself is so powerful just for us daters, as Christian daters. Um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about what is it, what do you guys even mean by pursue creatively and how did that come about in your story? And then we'll talk about date intentionally, love faithfully, all of that. <laughs> yeah. So I think just for us, those words, the creativity, intentionality, and faithful, faithfully, those words are kind of like mission statement words for our life in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but especially our love story. And we wanted this book to be something that readers could read, whether they're single, mm -hmm. whether they're preparing to get married, or whether they're 20 years into their marriage and, and just want that to relight the fire or whatever. Yeah, um, totally. And so we felt like, you know, pursue creatively. You can pursue someone creatively wherever you're at in your love story, so whether you're writing the prologue or whether you're in, you know, 50 years in. Mm -hmm. And same with date intentionally. You can date, you know in the beginning and, yeah. and, <laughs> and same with yeah. love faithfully. So, um, that's kind of like the broad overall heart behind it. I think the pursue creatively was just because Jer, Jeremy did pursue me so yes. creatively totally. and, and he still does. So pursuit doesn't end, mm. you know, once you say, I love you, yeah, it and, continues. And a lot of the creative aspect, I mean, of course we have a bunch of stories throughout the book, but it's, there's this concept that came to me in my pursuit of Audrey of mm. like, what kind of love story do I want? 
mm-hmm. what kind of love story do would I want to read about one day? So like mm-hmm. we have this whole thing of like, you know, the story you write today will be the one you read tomorrow. And so yeah. like if you live your day to day with that framework, that mindset, you're you're going to be a little more creative and you're going to mm-hmm. be a little bit more intentional. Right. And mm-hmm. ideally, you're going to be way faithful as that time, as that idea progresses through your life. So, right. yeah, I love that you actually wanted to start with the subtitle because yeah, it, re- it really is the the core concept. It is. Of- it's so much of the core. And I just like even reading that subtitle and then throughout reading the book, I was like, wow, this comes up over and over. I, coming to mind right now is, Jeremy, a story where you talk about um, – making a lamp for Audrey and just like how unique and whoever makes a lamp, my goodness. And like, so random, but (laughs) so funny when you say it, just a lamp. So cool. So great. No, but it really was like, Like if someone brought me a lamp and they were like, I made this lamp. I'd be like, wait, you made it. It's it's also hey, clarification for the listeners. It's a lantern (gasps) turned into a lamp. So it's like this cool cool. old fashioned lantern that he like wired a switch in the core, the core concept behind that story was being vulnerable. And I think yeah. something that like our dating cultures lost in today's world, primarily not, you know, primarily due to the cell phone, right? Yes. And how that pulls us out of everything. But the core concept behind that story was being vulnerable. And, yeah. and I feel like that's something that like men specifically have kind of lost in today's dating culture about, um, you know, uh, like a thought that came to my mind the other day was like, men are seem to be obsessed with um, a lot of depictions of manliness, but mm-hmm. when you actually look at, and I like to say Hollywood's done kind of a good job in this aspect because mm-hmm. think of Braveheart, think of Gladiator, think yeah. of some of the manliest concepts that we've seen at the core. Every single one of them, their strength is found in their vulnerability, which ultimately right. is a love story. And so oh, there's okay. that. That's the core behind the core concept behind that story was just like I had to get super vulnerable and risk kind of some rejection there mm-hmm. in, in this creative weird quirky you know because creativity could come her. across as cheesy it can come across yeah. as you know what i mean but like yes, for him to be vulnerable to step out and go like no i'm gonna i'm gonna pursue the creative route i'm gonna be different i'm gonna be original i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna know, risk that that instant rejection and yes you know for the sake of of an right. awesome story, you know? Yeah, because if you don't, there's, I mean, how are you ever going to know, right? I feel mm-hmm. like totally. we are, I think, and I love Brene Brown, who does such a good job of painting the fact that we like to see vulnerability as like a weakness. But when mm-hmm. she's pulled like hundreds of thousands, tons of people, you know, on all of her research as mm-hmm. an incredible researcher on the subject, I remember reading her last book, Dare to Lead, and she talked about like yeah. talking to a group of people in the military and they were like, Ultimately, if someone shares their story of being in the military, would you see and the stories and the things that they had to go to, would you see that as weakness? And there was not mm. a single person that raised their hand, right? Because sharing yeah. your heart, sharing your story, um, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there, none of that is actually weakness. It's this yeah. weird script that we've created, right? Mm. Totally agree. Yes. And when it comes to dating, it's so true. And something, um, I know, Jeremy, you wrote this in the book, but if you're pursuing a woman who is hard to catch, don't give up. It means she has standards and she isn't about to fall for any guy with a smartphone who sends her heart emojis. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. It's kind of tying into exactly what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I, I definitely feel like the phone specifically um, mm. has taken us away from 
just the heart of relationships. And this kind of goes into the title of the book. We wanted to title it something that reflects what love stories are. And Mm -hmm. that is they're intentional. They take time. They're often inconvenient, but ultimately they're the most valued and beautiful thing you can ever receive, which is a handwritten love letter, right? Phones are exactly the opposite of that. They quicken everything. They hasten everything. They show you what you don't have. They give you instant gratification when anything worth having takes time, right? You don't wake up and run. Well, I guess I ran a half marathon, but. You don't. <laughs> yes. Read the book. No. Yeah, oh, the I book. saw that. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, like, just like the champ runner and you're like, yeah. I'm trying over here. <laughs> yeah. So that's a story in the book for the readers. If The quick little plug there, but, or for it's the so listeners, good. sorry, but. But ultimately, like my point there is like you don't wake up and have the end goal. It takes mm. a process. Like you don't wake up and have a degree. It takes years right. of studying. All this. Same with love stories. It's like, but the phone is is just the exact opposite of that. Everything is instant. And so I think that's translated into how we want our love stories to come about, even in dating. It's like if by the fourth date it isn't this awesome, perfect thing, it's like people call it off. It's like, no, it actually might take right. like seven months of this interesting pursuit and wrestling and awkwardness and like but but like when you get to the end of eight months it could be the best story ever mm-hmm. right but most of us don't get past date four because it isn't this perfect instant gratification instagram photo that we saw last week of someone else's relationship right and we have to it's so true like the persistence mm-hmm. the endurance like staying the yeah. course and keep going when you feel in your heart there's an ignition towards that person yeah. you're like you got to keep going after it totally. it's really easy to give up and something mm-hmm. i know that's a big part of your story is just kind of navigating through emotional vulnerability and on that topic of vulnerability. Um, and I know, Audrey, in some ways you kind of had some more walls up in the beginning of um, the relationship. And so how did you guys, what would your recommendation be to kind of just create a safe environment for vulnerability to be able to really and truly get to know someone? Mm, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk about this in our book. We talk we- we kind of use the metaphor of walls. Um, and I had these emotional walls up and Jeremy later in the book, you know, he had his own kind of walls. And I think it can be a delicate thing with dating because you don't want to be that person that like lets all your walls down on the first date and tells every dark secret and overly intimate, overly sharing. You know what I mean? Right. You don't want to do that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there needs to be a balance of, you know, like, opening up and sharing the hard things and and being honest about your struggles. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it needs to be date one, but if you haven't had a, a hard, I can't remember exactly how we worded it in the book, but like if you hadn't had a hard heart to heart, you know, by a year of dating, like, mm-hmm. you know, something needs to happen. There needs to be yes. a demo day, <laughs> you know, like, and so I think it's, it's kind of a, it's a fine balance of yeah. not wanting to be, you know, wanting to guard your heart, which I think was such a thing for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to guard my heart. You know, I wanted to protect myself emotionally for my future husband and not just Mm -hmm. share all these things with just any guy that I was dating. So I had like, I had that, but then on the flip side, I had that too much. And so I think certain women need to hear certain things. They need to hear like, some of them need to hear like, wait, you know, don't let all your walls down on your first date. Some of them need to hear like, you know, don't over spiritualize dating and it's okay to like, (laughs) you know, share things and open up on date four. Like that's okay. You know, feel freedom to do that. If you feel that that is, you know, if you see, if you do see a future, you see whatever. So, um, as always the healthy, the health, the healthy balance is in the balance, you know, like, yes, <laughs> you can't be too far one side or too far the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. That's a good, good word, babe. 
Yeah. And I always am like, it's kind of like the layers of an onion. And you have to like, what I loved about your story too is like, um, if you're noticing the other person might be a little more emotionally guarded, like don't let that discourage you. Like keep mm, going yeah. in there totally. and trying to find make them comfortable. Because a lot of times why we're not emotionally vulnerable, it's usually out of protection or some mm-hmm. level of fear yeah. or something, right? Yep, 100%. So, and, and this is where I think some men have been discouraged mm, yeah. via culture because, I mean, thankfully, I, I mean, I truly felt, I knew Audrey and I were, were getting married. And so that pushed me to mm. do things maybe I wouldn't have done um, if I didn't yeah. truly believe that in my heart. And one of those things, going back to the vulnerable, vulnerable conversation is, finding Audrey was a little not Audrey wasn't very balanced she was very far on the my heart is a, is in a castle I'm not letting down this drawbridge for nobody <laughs> no one no how no way <laughs> and so I noticed that and I went to her and I this is in the book too I had a conversation uh and I said I don't think that this can move forward or it might come to an end mm. and I know neither one of us want that mm. so I need you to open up and and meet me in the middle a little bit with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But my point in saying that is like, I did not want to have that conversation. Yeah. I wanted to kind of just blow it off and like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I knew that this could very well mean that there's an end. Yeah. But I, I believed that we, at this point, we were pretty good friends. And that's a whole nother concept mm-hmm. to talk about. It's just yeah. the, the ability to become friends to the yep. point where you can trust these conversations. And have the honest, and have hard, these conversations. Right. Right. So we were at that point, and mm-hmm. but I was willing to give give up the idea of being romantic partners, you know, mm-hmm. because I knew I needed this, and I knew this is something that's healthy. And so, anyways, just a little. Note and what's there. so cool in that is like it only takes like a few seconds of brave courage to like have start a mm-hmm. conversation, right? If we can get just yeah. a few seconds totally. of courage yeah, and yeah. embrace the discomfort, because a lot of times people don't want to have those conversations, a, whether a DTR define the relationship conversation mm-hmm. or just a, where are you at? How is it going over there? Or you know, I feel yeah. you're emotionally closed off to me, whatever that, because mm-hmm. they're afraid of oh, this might if I have this conversation, it might mean it ends. Yeah. But yeah. the point of it is like what you're saying, it's like, okay, I, if I didn't have that conversation, it probably would have ended anyway. It could have. Right. Yep. Because you're just prolonging totally, the ending, totally. which is just going to heighten the hurt. You know? It's also exactly. what, our, what our dating culture has done to the value mm-hmm. of, of dating. Like, for example, going off of what you just said there, Kate, like, you know, that's true if mm-hmm. someone puts their value in being in a relationship yeah. over the relationship. Right. I hope that makes sense there. That's but like, so good. If your value is found in just being in a relationship, you're not going to risk anything mm. in, you know what I mean? To, yep. to damage that. But if your value is like the, a relationship, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot healthier. It's a, su- a subtle perspective shift, but I believe that to be a healthier mm-hmm. perspective shift because you'd be willing to risk being in a relationship, you know, for the health of it. Yes. Um, and that's just a value shift I think our culture is kind of bent on right now. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like your whole identity is tied up in who who you are and your relationship status and it's like that's not where our value lies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. we're pursuing like Christ-centered faithful relationships like we have to know that our value obviously comes from the Lord, you know? Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. and I love totally. that you guys are such proponents of that even in just your ministry work with um, beating 50% and everything, just like living and embracing a covenant marriage. And so Mm -hmm. in order to do that, our identity can't just be rooted in 
what the other, even what the other person makes us feel like, but also just the other person in general. Yes. Oh, yes. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's someone told us along the line somewhere, um, the Lord's more concerned with what he's doing in you than through you. Yeah. And that hit Audrey and I in a very strong way a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. because again, it puts the value back on, you know, Christ, the Lord, what he's doing. And then your relationship becomes what he's doing through you. And ultimately, like we want our marriage to be a creative representation of the love of Christ. And like, we want people to look at it and go like, oh, wow, is that kind of some small refraction of what the gospel might be? Like, that's ultimately our mission. But if we care more about that, then we lose, we're losing because ultimately it's like us and the Lord. I hope that makes sense there. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I love that so much. So another thing that you guys just mentioned that, um, and Audrey, you say this in the book, but you say, you know, search for a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And that friendship is such the groundwork for just for healthy pursuit, for trust to build. And I think that, you know, that friendship never goes away, yeah. hopefully in marriage. Mm-hmm. It's such a foundation. Yeah. So how do you guys do that in your relationship? And how can you encourage others in that? Yeah, so I think for us, friendship, you know, I don't proclaim this as like, this is not gospel. Like I know some people like they do fall in love faster and they don't have like a long period of friendship yeah. like we did, or they start dating sooner. God and... doesn't write the same love story twice. Right. Everyone so has their own story. I will make that disclaimer, but I do think that I have just, my friends who have built their love stories on the foundation of friendship because friendship is the thing that really carries you in marriage. Like, you know, that's why so many six-year-old, seven-year-old couples say like they're each other's best friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or or people on their wedding day say they married their best friend, you know, because you are, you have to be. That's like, you know, and so mm-hmm. friendship as a foundation was just such a, um, I don't know, it was just a huge important thing to both of us. And yeah, I think it just, it's it helped us protect ourselves from getting wrapped up in you know, physical intimacy or being coming emotionally attached or like, you know, any of those things, because we just had this friendship that we built on. And one of the ways that, you know, kind of unique to our story that we built that was through these adventures. And Mm -hmm. like, we just, we did all these adventures together. And so we got to have these experiences where we're having so much fun with other people, our friends and, um, And then after the adventure was kind of when our friendship was built. It was like we got to have this experience Mm, and then sort of recapping the experience was like when we really got to have like the deep, good, rich conversations. Um, And then also just to add to that real quick, it's a lot easier to add physical intimacy to a friendship than it is to build a strong friendship after having been physically intimate. Yeah, Mm, that's good. That's true. It just intimacy tends to put the blinders on and next thing you know i think audrey mentioned this in the book next thing you know like the person you're dating is the most extraordinary awesome flawless perfect Mm -hmm. person in the world you could even have good friends healthy friends and family raising red flags raising red flags and you're (laughs) going to ignore them just because of what physical intimacy does to the human psyche so Mm -hmm. that's where for us we kind of resisted that in a healthy Mm -hmm. way to pursue the friendship because you know that's what's that's that is the foundation of all relationships is friendship friendship well what i think is so cool is that um you're talking about these adventures and what i think 
some level of, especially in Christian dating, if I'm just being real, like sometimes we can over-spiritualize and sometimes we take things so seriously and we miss that element of fun and building true memories and adventures and friendship with the other person we're dating. And I love that you guys had that in your relationship because that is like dating doesn't have to just be this like strict checklist checklist process. I had a listener write in the other day or the other week being like, is Christian dating ever going to be fun? Can it ever be fun? Because it just feels like a monotonous checklist process. Uh, How can I ever have, how can I ever enjoy this process? Yeah. I think just, you know, we were just super intentional about wanting to be pursue adventure in our dating or in our friendship relationship. And I think that really catered to just, um, deep, good, meaningful conversations that followed because the adventure kind of helped to break down some of the walls that we had. So mm, it's so good. Yeah. And we just got to have fun. So I love that we say that. I love that that was such a huge part of your guys's relationship and building friendship. And that's just so important for us to incorporate as Christians and dating. So it's not just this like stressful checklist, like totally. monotonous process. Like you can have fun too. Friends, I want to take a quick pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited about. I just want to say that I know the struggle is real with dating in our current culture. It can be murking and confusing and sometimes just so frustrating. Do you ever feel like you have no idea what you're doing or that you keep trying and failing or that you just don't know how to handle hard situations or conversations with people? Or maybe you just feel stuck in a dating wasteland with no good potentials. I get it and I have felt a ton of those exact same things. Now a huge issue when it comes to dating is that we don't have a ton of great resources out there for guidance. The Bible doesn't talk about dating because it didn't exist at the time. And now today about 50% of the church in the US is single and even that number is growing. So the problem is that we need resources. I get it. I get all your frustrating feelings. So I have made it a goal of mine to research and talk to pastors and watch videos and read as many books as I can just so that I can be equipped to do this podcast as well as go into my own dating life with the best and sharpest possible tools. And I have exciting news today. I have compiled all of my favorite dating resources and created a free resource guide for you so you don't have to scour for all the best things to read or watch anymore. It is called The 7 Resources to Change the Dating Game. I truly believe that this guide will help you navigate this journey with clarity and intention. It is going to help you to sharpen the tools in your toolbox and get out there and date amazingly. You can grab this free resource by visiting heartofdating.com forward slash seven resources. That is heartofdating.com forward slash seven resources. I am so excited for you guys to get your hands on this incredible free resource. I want to kind of bring into the picture long distance because that was a huge element I know for you guys in your dating relationship. And it's such a unique element of your story because kind of after multiple years of getting to know one another and you kind of had this dream summer of like kind of a romantic summer. Uh, and now Audrey, then you had to go back to school. You were on the West coast, I think, right. Um, or down in California. Um, and, but that meant that you guys were going to have to do long distance. And so what did it look like for you guys to kind of in, you know, really embrace intentionality, creativity, faithfulness, all of those different elements Mm -hmm. through long distance? 
Yeah. yeah. I think we both have a lot to say about this. <laughs> yeah. Long distance, because it's so huge. Like, yeah. I mean, so many people in our generation well, will be in long distance. 85% of all couples will, in today's world, find themselves first. Is that true? At for, that percent? I think it's that Wow. Percent, yeah. That is from way any, more than I oh, thought. Yeah. Yeah. Hold, hold on a second. From any time period, and yeah. I don't know what that time period is, mm-hmm. but whether it be a month or a year or three years or seven months, um, Just that it's, a, it's a huge, huge number. Yeah. Um, we wrote an article about it on Beating 50, and I've cited a bunch of Barna stuff, so I don't know if that statistic's 100% accurate, but, but it's a given lot. this mm-hmm. current context, but it's way more than you think. Mm. Um, so it's just a huge thing. A lot of people will deal with at some point in time, you know, in their relationship. And for, uh, for Audrey and I, you know, we had a huge growing curve, and when you do anything for the first time, there's a growth curve there. And I think when we first started long distance, we were expecting to get out of it what it cannot provide. Mm. We were expecting a relationship. Mm. When in reality, I think Audrey mentioned this earlier, we're just two friends that talk on the phone. Mm. So thank goodness we built a friendship, right? And and that's like a case in point right there. So that really got us through a lot of it. And I think just being open and talking to one another. But we also knew that in the book we say this, you know, we knew our relationship wouldn't survive on, you know, text messages and phone calls alone. We wanted there to be more to our story and, you know, the story we would inevitably tell our kids and grandkids one day. So that's where kind of the, all the creativity came in and the letter writing and the mailing each other stuff and having friends drop things off for each other at you know, class or whatever it is. That's where we really tried to continue our pursuit, even through distance. And um, yeah, I think we got some fun stories in the book about that. Yeah, it's so cool. Like the love letter and the writing letters is so, it's almost like the notebook style it reminds me of, but it's <laughs> missing in our culture today because we talked about earlier yeah. briefly just technology and how that can kind of like take the place like texting, you know, and just yeah. all of that. But you miss that individual um, connection or I don't know how to really describe it, but I love that you guys kind of took that approach, especially in long distance. Yes, yes. And I think one of the things too, when it came to long distance, that was a helpful realization for us was in the beginning, we sort of, you know, we had the letter writing. That was something that we were committing to. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. We knew that we were going to try certain things and probably change as, as it went on, you know, like, yeah. but I think in the beginning, one of the things that we learned from failing was we were like, well, let's talk. We're going to have Skype dates every <laughs> Tuesday night or whatever it was once a week, you know, yeah. intentional time to talk. It ended up being one of the most frustrating things because one of us always had to cancel because we're, you know, we're wanting to be present in our lives with our roommates and go to that football game or be a part of that, you know, whatever it was that was going on in our separate lives. And so it ended up, we ended up finding that it was actually better for us to have more meaningful, deeper, longer conversations less frequently Mm -hmm. than talking every day or Skype dating on the calendar once a week, like, yeah. because that just made us feel like we were failing because then also what ended up happening is we had seasons where we would talk every day on the phone. We'd be like, uh, what else yeah. do we say? We don't have anything else to say. It's because we weren't, we were spending so much time talking on the phone. They weren't actually going to live our lives to have something to talk about. <laughs> and, you know, we're young and, and in college and growing as human beings. And, and I think friendship and mentorship and all the things that you learn from that season of life are so important <clears throat> yeah. that, that carry into your marriage. Totally, babe. That's really well said. I think that all going off of that, Audrey, it also frames at the expectations around the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So like, because we just, and this just works for Audrey and I, everyone will find their own path through long distance. But for us, we were 
we decided to focus on the depth rather than the breadth. So like instead of talking a thousand times a week, we would rather talk three times a week and have it be kind of like a 45 minute hour or more conversation. Mm. And that's not to say we didn't call each other to just sit on the phone and do homework and do all those oh, things. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, but there was there was definitely a sense of like, okay, um, talking on the phone every day isn't going to fix anything. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I want to be with you, you know, I do. And I'll prove that through my creative actions and our pursuit and all that. But ultimately, we will have more to talk about. And we will be better individuals in our current circumstances if we engage with the people around us, build close friendships, mm. do life, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just wishing we were together because that's all you're doing, then we'll just go be together, you know? And because we have that foundation of friendship, it's kind of like you probably have this with friends, Kate. Like, yeah. you know, when you have that friend that you haven't talked to in a really long time, you don't talk to them every day. You don't talk to them every week. But then all of a sudden when you're with them, it's like, it's like you pick right back up, you know, no time has passed and you get to have this deep, meaningful, awesome conversation. Like that's kind of what it was because of the friendship that we'd built before Mm. we were able to, when we were together once every three months, you know, just pick right back up. So that's so good. And because I think I love that you like, you guys figured out what worked best for you and realizing you have to still be present in your life in this long distance and figure out what's best for you with the communication. And that's what's it's because communication is key. I feel in long, any relationship, but especially when you're doing long distance and you have to be on the same page about it. Like if the person is an introvert and hates being on the phone and the other person is extrovert that loves to talk every day, all day, there's still a way you can work through that, but you have to talk about it and come to like a compromise of what's best for the two of you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree with that. So in terms of like, other than obviously long distance was kind of a challenge for you guys and you faced it so well and probably still like just struggles in there. What was, is there any other like bigger challenges that you guys faced in dating and how did you kind of overcome those, that challenge or those challenges? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about a lot of those in the book. We, um, you know, we talk about how we wrestled with purity. We talk about how we wrestled with other friendships, um, and how that other friendships had to change Mm. as our relationship progressed towards marriage. Uh, we talk about communication issues and and walls that we needed to have breaking down kind of like we talked about earlier. Um, so there were kind of lots of things, obstacles that came up. And then on top of that, our own individual things that we were working out, yeah. Um, I got really sick in college and had to take a term off. And, um, yeah. Jeremy had some emotional walls that he had to break down just from growing up in the public eye. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of things. I don't know. Lots of things. Too many to touch on the most, but yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, how did you guys conquer those things? Like if there's one thing you could say, like yeah. how you guys came together, whether we don't have to dissect each issue, but what would you say be the one thing that you would recommend for couples like going through a giant challenge or bigger challenges? Yeah. Well, I think just going right back to what you said, Kate, about communication. communication. <laughs> like, I mean, that, I mean, really that's kind of, it sounds so, it's funny because it's like the hardest thing to do, right? But yeah. to not, to not talk about something is to communicate it, mm-hmm. but in an unhealthy way. Right. That's true. So Good. a lot of people think communication is simply just using your words. No, not using your words is a form of communicating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's healthy. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. But but it all folds into the into the house of communication. Mm-hmm. And for Audrey and I, you know, when you're intentional about anything, you tend to go to extreme uh, measures to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of like 
it's kind of the fight or flight instinct that we like all have. When you find yourself in a situation that, you know, to demands, I don't want to say like your, your life, but like your health, like you're going to do whatever it takes to get <laughs> through it or get out of it. And that's just like built into us. So Aj and I, you know, we found ourselves in a relationship that we cared for deep enough that we, we ended up going to some, you know, do some tough things and have some hard conversations and just go to those measures really to kind of preserve it. And And I think practically like a few things that really helped us that we talk about in the book are, um, you know, things like love languages, things like knowing our Enneagram numbers, like those self discovery for self growth tools were really helpful in us, like learning about our own shortcomings and failures and weaknesses to then be able to communicate those weaknesses to our spouse or potential spouse and then be able to do the same because then the conversations can actually progress towards a solution or, you know, because you understand yourself enough and you are, or you're aware, self-aware enough to know like, okay, this is what I need to work on to prevent this from happening again in the future. So those things, we love all those kinds of things. Oh, and I love the Enneagram. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What are you guys on the Enneagram? Yeah, I am an eight. Audrey's an eight, and I'm a nine. Oh, I love eight. it. Ooh. And the Enneagram they, Institute describes us as fire and ice. Uh, <laughs> we're fire and ice. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're you're like the challenger like, and the peacemaker. Yeah, like, yeah we're, we're kind of two sides of the spectrum. So we bring intense value on both sides. Yeah. So, so like, it's kind of funny because people will sometimes talk to us on social media like, do you guys ever fight? Oh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we have our, we have our moments, you know, like we have our, dis- I like to call them intense conversations. Yes, there you go. Serious, yep. serious conversations. Oh, serious discussions. Serious discussions. Jeremy never says that we're fighting. We're just having serious discussions. It's a That's serious discussion. Way of yes, you can, Peacemaker is <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. no, we're not in a fight. We're not in a fight. Yeah. This isn't yeah. a fight. So like as Audrey and I try to find that, that middle, that health, you know, it's just like we bring some pretty intense values from both sides. So it, it's fun. We have a good time, but. No, and what I love that you guys are saying is like communication, Jeremy, like you said, is like so important to like come back and bounce back from challenges and to actually get through them. But what you're saying, Audrey, is like I think another key, like you can't have good communication if you also don't know how to communicate Mm -hmm. what you're feeling or what is actually going on inside of you. And I find we oftentimes are like stuck. It's like why is something making me feel this way? Well, if I don't actually dive in, if I don't know myself, if I don't dive into my love language, Enneagram, whatever it is, or the family of origin, history, all of that, I won't be able to communicate that to Mm -hmm. someone else. I'll just be like, kind of like feeling resentful and not even knowing why or whatever. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And and just jumping right off that real quick, last point on this, but like, you know, this is where the Enneagram for us has been super helpful because I know my communication style is I tend to not, I tend to communicate by not communicating. Mm. And that goes back to kind of what I said earlier, but like, I know that now. So now when conflict does happen, that self knowledge, I can now bring to the table or Audrey now understands why I'm not communicating in a much more meaningful way that helps us get through things. So good. Okay. You guys today, this has been such a good conversation. I want to encourage everyone (laughs) obviously to get your book, a love letter life. Um, and I feel like we covered so much of different points in the book, but there's so much more and so much richness and encouragement that they can find by reading the book, no matter what stage you are, I feel like in dating engagement or in marriage, uh, it's just such an amazing picture. Um, and as we wrap up here, I ask every guest just the final last question, which is, just what is your final nugget of dating advice for us today? Ooh. That's interesting. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we might each have different ones. So can we each have our own? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? You go for it. For it. Okay. 
I would say um, letting spending time with other married couples who are older than you when you're dating. So, so like letting mentorship, n- not necessarily that they're, you've deemed them as mentors, but just, you know, spending time with whether it's one of your guys' grandparents or parents, or maybe it's an older couple in the church or whatever. Mm. Mentorship was so huge for us. Yeah. We were so blessed by that. Mm. God was so faithful to provide it to us. And mm. a huge part of this book is a result of the mentorship that we had. So much of what we say is just recycled from the things that people have told us. Mm. Um, but just to let an older, wiser couple who's further along see your relationship growing and developing, speak into it, affirm it, or raise a red flag. Yep. Huge. Like I would say that's totally just I huge. love that. Such yeah. a fan of mentorship. Yeah, and I'll actually just kind of ride that coattail and say not just older, wiser people or people you look up to, but also just like friends, friends and yeah. and mm-hmm. family and peers and you know, Aj and I, we were big components of allowing a lot of people like what happens is they end up dating and next thing you know they disappear. Yes. It's like, oh, I wonder where Bob and Sally went. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, they're de- yeah, okay. That's why I haven't heard from right. him in two months. It's and like, one of the chapters in our book is, you're not an island. You're not an island. Like, don't yes. become an island. Yes. And, and that's like not okay. And I, right. I, I just want dating couples to realize that's not a positive thing. Like you should be bring, you should be inviting people into your world, your sphere. Mm-hmm. You know, not to a certain point, like they don't need to know everything, but like right, right. you, you got to be inviting people to into enough to see your relationship so that they can provide the appropriate feedback, green flags or mm-hmm. red flags to yeah. help guide you through life. None of us are meant to go through life alone. And when you find a, a you know, someone to date, and, you know, and then you just like hunker down on an Island and you think you're going to get through every single storm, just you two not going to happen. Exactly. And that's what's some even important in conflict, things like that. Sometimes if you're, t- you're telling the person so much, you're hurting me that you're doing this. There's only a certain level that sometimes a person can hear it, but mm-hmm. it's really important. Also, if you seek that outside counsel, it can help yeah. to reveal those blind spots. It gives you a new perspective. Yeah. And, and, and more, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, totally. And more often than not, that outside counsel will let you know that you're the problem. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You got to be ready for it. Got to have that. Gotta be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, that's the whole point of marriage, right? It's that sharpening of each other yes, to become more like Christ. Sharpen- so it's yes. like, if, if you're not willing to grow as, as a person, as, you know, as an individual, like, yeah, you're, you know, you, you've missed the meaning somewhere along the line. Oh, that's so good, Jeremy. Teachability. I'm like, you got to have it. It's a yeah. prerequisite to dating yeah. in general. Yeah. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for sharing your hearts with me and all the yeah. listeners today. And people can get the book online, right? If they want to, I want everyone to go and get it right now. So they yeah, can go get it. It's available anywhere books are sold, or you can just go to aloveletterlife.com. Um, yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yes, thank you. This was so fun. (laughs) So much fun. I'll talk to y'all soon. All right, bye. See you Gosh, y'all, I'm just so grateful for Audrey and Jeremy today for coming on to share their hearts and their story and just really empower us as Christian singles. A few things that I just really love that they said was first when Audrey said, you can pursue creatively wherever you're at in your love story, whether you're writing the prologue or whether you are 50 years in. This is so good. We should never stop being creative and stepping up our game. This is what makes the process fun and exciting. And I have such a huge heart to make dating truly fun again because it's been so tough for so many of us. Y'all, we can do it together. Let's make dating fun again. 
Also, just remember, as Jeremy said, God doesn't write the same love story twice. I love that. So don't compare your story with that of others. Instead, be excited and helpful for the unique journey he is going to bring you on. Okay, guys, last thing, go ahead and pick up Audrey and Jeremy's book, A Love Letter Life. You will not regret it. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartofdating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends. Friends.